purpose. So, of course, we've been talking about family church values, and we're going to continue to talk about that in just a couple more weeks today and next Sunday, the final one. Um, so, we only got through all 12, so we're on part 12 because we're in the intro, we're on the 11th value. So we talked a lot about culture, about having a defined or a default culture as a church, whether we allow a culture to just happen or whether we intentionally uh, intentionally define it. You know, we believe it's right to define it, and that's what God asks us to do. And, you know, to define it based on based on biblical principles. Um, so that's what we talk about, that's what these family church values are, the values that we have as a church. So last week we, we talked, what was it last week, remember? Sorry? Marriage is mentioned, yeah, what was the actual value? What's mentioned, yeah? Honourable, yes, brilliant. No, we did mention marriage, yes, about honouring marriage. And about honouring what God honours, valuing what God values. That's what the word honour literally means in a biblical sense, it means value. value. So we honour what God honours, we honour, of course, Jesus himself before anything else. We look to John 5, verse 22 to 23. Should be on screen, hopefully, maybe. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honour the Son just as they honour the Father. Whoever does not honour the Son does not honour the Father who sent him. So, as, as always, we start with honouring Jesus. That's, that's our first, first and foremost, you know, where, where we begin is where we put value. We value Jesus, we value our relationship with Jesus and what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And we also honour what God honours. And we look at honouring God in our finances, about honouring uh, parenting, honouring authority, Honouring marriage, honouring older people, and just honouring each other within the church family. So there's all different things we talked about last week. Honouring what God honours. Things the Bible says these are important to God. They should be important to us. Amen. Amen. So that was last week. We are honourable. So today we're going to talk about we are community minded. We are community minded. And kind of the strapline of this is community minded. We're being the hands and feet of Jesus in our local communities. Amen. In hands and feet of Jesus in our local communities. That's what God has called us, God has called us to do. God has called us to make a difference, amen, um, as a church, as a, as a body of believers, and to literally be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. You know, the reality is that the, the only Jesus that people often will ever know or experience is, is the Jesus that we carry. That's, that's, that's a reality. So in this world which is so... Uh, as a whole, is so indifferent towards faith, and I think that's just where kind of the majority of people. This is my observation and experience. I think that's where the majority of people are in this in this community that we live in. So most people are just indifferent to faith. They're not necessarily anti. There might you get some people who are anti. <laughs> but I don't know if chat was that was that nonsense all around. Um, but the vast majority of people are just indifferent. Just think it just has no relevance to their lives. They might have heard about, you know, heard about Jesus. May think that's just a made-up story, it's a fairy tale. That's what often my son Jack said he encounters at school all the time. People, of, people his age, who think that Jesus is just a fairy tale. Even though historians <laughs> don't think that at all. But it's just like this is the it's kind of the stuff that's being peddled these days. Um, you know, but and even if people do kind of accept, well, there was a guy called Jesus, and I accept there's lots of people that follow him all across the world, well, it's, it just has no relevance. If that's what people want to do, great. But what does that mean to my life? And how is that relevant to me? And I'll just go on with my life, thanks, I'm good. <laughs> I think that's where the vast majority of people are. That's, been my, that's my observation. You know, but God has called us to impact our community. Amen? Through the hands and feet of Jesus. 
So Luke 10, verse 25 to 37, very well-known passage about the, about the, um, I was going to say the prodigal son, it's not about that, about the good Samaritan. It says this, on one occasion an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the guy was just kind of trying to justify himself, that's why he'd asked that question. But what was in the, in the law, what was written in the law, Jesus replied, how do you read it? The man answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and all your mind, strength with all your mind, us in Exodus, and love your neighbour as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But the man wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbour? In reply, Jesus said this, this was a great story, Jesus always had amazing stories, didn't he, to make, just so simple stories that made incredibly profound spiritual points. In reply, Jesus said this, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place, so that's one of the Levite priests, so too, a Levite, when he came to the place, so it's kind of another priest, there's a priest happened to be going past, and a Levite, kind of, they were the, they were the kind of the, the Jewish um, tribe that we set aside to be holy priests. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side, but a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. So you have to understand the historical context, I don't know how much you know about this, but the reality was there was no love lost between Jews and Samaritans. That's a reality. I don't think it would even be too far to say it, as they hated each other. They genuinely did. I mean, God didn't say that was okay, but that was just the reality of where things were at um, at that time. As a Jew and, and people who lived in Israel and people who lived in Samaria, they couldn't stand each other. They would even avoid you know, going into each other's, each other's uh, territory. They just, just kind of, I think Jews maybe looked down on them. The Samaritans maybe just thought Jews were kind of holier than now. I don't know. But just, there was this huge animosity between the two. And this is, this is the, the massive point that Jesus is illustrating here. So you've got this Jewish man who's been beaten to a pulp and, and robbed. And, and priests, Jewish priests, they go past and a Levite, kind of from the, the high priest line, that also passes by and doesn't help him. But then a Samaritan goes by and helps him. Verse 33. So he, he takes pity on him. Verse 30, so move on to verse 34. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. When I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. So Jesus finishes the story. So which of those three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. You know, so we have to understand the historic context of this. This would have totally blown people's minds, this story. And there's this Jewish uh, expert in the law, he was trying to justify himself and, and he, he was all for kind of helping out his fellow Jew and, and, and helping out his fellow kind of religious leaders. But, but a, a Samaritan, it's like, you, you, can't, you can't be serious, Jesus. <laughs> it's like, this, is, this is like going too far, this kind of love stuff. This is it's going too far with this, Jesus. But that's what Jesus had talked about, it? Matthew 5, Jesus talks about love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. This stuff was so alien um, so countercultural, and it's so countercultural in this day and age, but sometimes we forget how countercultural even then it was. Yeah. Totally countercultural. The principle that you loved your enemies was, was, was ridiculous to people. Well, 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 I don't like the idea of that. That's, that's, that's a bit hard. <laughs> that's a, that's a, but this is the point that Jesus was making. 
and saying you know, that the guy who was the proper neighbour, the guy who actually loved his neighbour, was, was, was a Samaritan guy. Who, who, you know, the Samaritans, there was no love lost, so they didn't like the Jews either. So what does it mean to truly love our neighbour? This, this is what we're called to do, to love our neighbour, to love our neighbourhood. And to love where we are, to, to be the hands and feet in our community. Be Jesus' hands and feet in our community. So just to, just to go back to those last three verses, which of these three do you think was the neighbour to the man who replied? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. So Jesus illustrates the point of mercy and the purpose of mercy. And that's what, what this, this reflected God's heart, to have a heart of mercy in this situation. Amen. To reach out to, to, reach out to this person and, and to go beyond the kind of the natural animosity there would have been, but to show love, because that's because that was a godly thing, godly thing to do. Yeah, so God is calling us to love our neighbours, and that doesn't just mean the person that next, lives next door to you, although well, you should love them as well. <laughs> I don't know what they like, some of your neighbours. Um, I don't know what some of your neighbours are like, you tell me. But I don't know what all your neighbours are like. You know, some of them may be interesting characters, they may have very different values, they may do just different things, or they may be very similar, similar to you, but just not, not saved. But the reality is we, we need to love our neighbour. Amen? But not just our literal neighbours, also our neighbour, our neighbourhoods. So we live in this, this great little part of England called the Waterside. A little map, a little map for you. Just in case you've never seen our own area. <laughs> there, you go. there we are. So we, we live in this lovely little part of the world called the Waterside. I guess it would be called Southampton Waterside, but that's just too much of a mouthful. So, so they just call it Waterside. You know, this amalgamation of villages, a suburb of villages along, along the west side of Southampton Water. I guess Hyde is kind of like the de facto centre of the Waterside. I think that's what everyone sees it that way, although that's not official. I can never quite find out whether Hythe is a town or a village. Does anyone know? <laughs> I've read different stuff. I don't know whether Hythe is a town or a village. Different people say different stuff. I think officially it's a village. Because otherwise it never, there's, no, there's no town council. Um, it's a parish council. So I think officially it's a village. But loads of people say, well, it's, it's way too big to be a village. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so I've heard both. <laughs> so I don't know whether it's a town or not. But anyway, I think Hythe is kind of seen as the centre of the, of the waterside, isn't it? So I just wanted just to, just to give you some stats because we need to love our neighbours and we need to love our neighbourhood. Okay, this is what we're trying to, trying to reach. So in the Waterside there's approximately 40,000 people, which is about a fifth of the population of the New Forest District. It's about 200,000. I mean, New Forest District is huge, about 300 square miles. New Forest District obviously goes right up to Ringwood and further north, like further north than that, west, and then kind of southwest right across to New Milton. Etc. It's a pretty big district. There's about 200,000 in the New Forest district. So about 40,000 um, live in the Waterside, and we're divided into uh, kind of three kind of civil parishes. There's nothing to do with church parishes. Okay? There's two civil parishes, just in the way it's described and the way it's organised council-wise. So there's Marchwood Parish at the top. So you see Marchwood and, and Pooks Green at the top. There's about 5,000 living in Marchwood Parish. It's much smaller than the other two, two parishes. Um, Hythe and Dibton Parish, which includes Hythe, Dibton Purley, Dibton, Butts Ash and Netley View, is about 20,000 in those areas. I think it used to be called Dibton Parish because Hythe is so much bigger, they've renamed it Hythe and Dibton. And then in the south, southern waterside, there's Forley Parish, which is Holbury, Hardley, Blackfield, Langley, Forley and Cowshot. And there's about 15,000, which is not quite as big as Hythe and Dibton, there's about 15,000 live in the southern waterside, right? <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. It's my hometown, indeed. 
And if you're aware about other stuff that's going on locally, um, obviously there's apparently a big development down at Fawley as well on the old power station site, which is expected to have a population of around 4,000. So Fawley Parish Council is going to get a lot bigger. Um, be almost about the same size as Hyde and Dibden. Anyway, because they're planning 1,500 houses. If you think about that, well, that's, what, that's, what's, that's what's happening. Okay? So there's about 40,000 in total. Um, in terms of kind of like age breakdown, in the infant, junior, and primary schools across all the there are 13 schools altogether of, of primary school ages. Um, there's about 3,000 kids of that age. And there's four secondary schools, if you include Oak Lodge, where Ian works. There's four secondary schools, and there's about two and a half thousand in the four secondary schools across the water. So it's about five and a half thousand school aged kids. Okay? And the population also breaks down quite neatly, according to the census. Um, amongst the 40,000, roughly, and it's pretty close actually, roughly a third are under 30, roughly a third are th between 30 and 60 and roughly a third a 60 plus. There's a very even distribution of ages, so roughly a third under 30, 30 to 60. It's a middle age bracket, I do. <laughs> and, and a third 60 plus, anyone 60 plus? Not today. No. Okay, so, and then of course, on top of that you've got surrounding new forest populations, you go into the more rural, into the more rural areas, the population becomes a lot, lot lower. There's said 40 parishes, it's got about 15,000 people. You go to Exbury Parish, there's literally there's 300. There's the difference in numbers. <laughs> and Beauty Parish is probably similar. Um, yeah, exactly. So some of these areas, obviously, as you go into the more rural areas, are very small. Um, but there's about 200,000 across New Forest District. Okay, so this, I was just saying all that just to say this is where we are, right? So we know what we know kind of what we're dealing with. This is where God, God has planted us. This is where I think everybody lives. Don't tell me your address. <laughs> I think everybody lives in the waterside, and that's here, and our whole congregation, I think. Yes, yeah, so this is a community that God has put us within. Amen? So, going back to kind of the culture of the waterside, as I said, most people are kind of indifferent to Christianity, but what's interesting is, is if you look at the census, it's a large percentage, very large percentage, would call themselves Christians in this area. About 80, it's, about, it's between 70 and 80 percent. Depending on which bit of the wall side you look at. And you know, you kind of look around and think, well, where are they? <laughs> Genuinely, don't you? And you know, it's, a mu it's much higher than, than certain parts of the country. It's much higher than, say, it would be in Southampton. Um, and it tends to be more rural areas that have higher percentages call themselves Christians. So, well, I suppose my response to that as a pastor is, well, great, okay, but their, different, their definition of what a Christian is is clearly different to what our definition, right? Yeah. Because that's, that's a lot of people, 80%, and it's probably, uh, I've talked to a local vicar about it, uh, you know, we estimate between, we were just talking about it, probably between 1% and 2% of people are regularly going to church in the waterside. That's, that's the reality on the ground. Um, but 80% themselves are themselves Christians. There's obviously a huge, humongous disparity there. So their definition is obviously very different to ours. But how do we actually, how do we actually respond to that? This is kind of where, where we are in all this. Is what do we do with that? Because this is the community that God's put us in, and we're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen? Well, firstly, we need to care for our community. 1 John 3, 16 to 18, not John 3, 16, 1 John 3, 16, says this, this is how we know what love is. Christ Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, 
How can the love of God be in that person? That's, that's a bit to the point. <laughs> okay. uh, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. Because you know, talk is cheap, it's easy to say that you say you care about people, but what do your actions actually show? Actions, actions speak louder than words, is basically what, what, what um, you know, John is saying here. You know, it's, it's great, great what you say. Words and speech is one thing, but actions and truth is a whole other is a whole other thing. Now, obviously, the context of this this passage I just read is specifically about helping each other out as Christian brothers and sisters. It absolutely, is that is what it says. But the but the point remains: Do we care about those in need? Whether there are other brothers and sisters, whether those out in the community, do we have a heart for those in need in our community? Amen. You know, because we're called to show love, grace, mercy, compassion. Um, you know, towards others, to have a heart for the marginalised, amen, to be soft-hearted, you know, towards the marginalised and, and those who those are in, in need, amen. You know, and we should be motivated to, to love those who are in need in our, in our community. In, in Matthew 25, Jesus said this, then the king, will, this is talking about the, the, the judgment at the end of the world, but it says this, then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was ill and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothing? When did we see you ill or in prison and go to visit you? So that the king will reply, Jesus will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. That's pretty profound, isn't it? Yeah. So when we have a heart for those in need, we're very much reflecting the heart of Jesus. Jesus was very much interested in, in helping out those who are in need, those who were marginalised um, in society. He had, a lot of, he had a lot of criticism for it. The religious leaders didn't really understand Jesus. And we talked a lot about this uh, in particular when, when we talked about just having a heart, you know, a heart for the lost. Um, you know, that we're focused on, on we, we're commissioned people, believe in the Great Commission, we talked about that right at the beginning of family church values. But, you know, Jesus' incredibly profound words, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. And that's, that's the fundament of where we are as a church. We understand that this world is sick, it doesn't always know that it's sick. And I don't mean sick as like, you know, wicked and evil, although those are realities of where some people are at. Okay, but, but sick, they, they need Jesus. They're spiritually sick. They have no idea of the need of Jesus. They're spiritually sick, but that's what they need. And Jesus is the answer. He is a doctor. He is a medicine that they need. Amen? Amen. So in our, in our neighbourhood where we find ourselves, maybe, you, I don't know whether you work in the waterside or work elsewhere, but this neighbourhood we find ourselves, are, are, are we being a good neighbour? Are, are, we, are we loving our neighbours? Are we reflecting the love, compassion, mercy and grace of Jesus? Everywhere we go. Now, I'm in some of the um, the local uh, Facebook groups. I think in the three three big ones, the three the three main ones. I think High the Wallside people's the biggest. There's about eighteen thousand in the High the Wallside area. Is about fifteen thousand, I think. Um, and it's really interesting. <laughs> Me at least look at these things sometimes. It's a real window into people's worlds. It's actually quite funny. <laughs> it is. Anyone else do this? It's actually quite amusing. Do you ever, do you ever leave? I, laugh. I don't mean laugh at people, I don't mean, uh, but kind of laugh with people, that's fine. Um, if you ever want to window into people's worlds and just amuse them, go into the local Facebook groups because some of the stuff that happens is, is, is just so funny. Um, there we go. 
Again, so enjoy yourself. <laughs> but it is a real window. It is a real window into people's worlds and where, and where people where people are at. And you know, we need to understand people. We need to understand where, where, where people are at. We need to understand our communities, what people what, you know, what people think about stuff, and especially from a, a Christian point of view, what people think about what people think about Christianity. And as I said, where the vast majority of people are, is they're just indifferent. They just think it's just about being religious, it's about jumping through hoops, it's about penance, it's about confession, it's about beating yourself up, it's about going to a cold stone church, singing some songs that mean nothing to you, listen to a vicar witter, witter on, I'm not saying this is my view, <laughs> listen to a vicar witter on, or maybe that is a view. Um, you know, this is where kind of the world is at. And they just don't see it has any connection to their lives at all. So we kind of, you know, as a, as a church, and this is true of all churches in this area and across the country, you know, we've got to try and bridge that gap. The church is relevant, and, and even more important than that, that Jesus is relevant. Yeah. You know, what Jesus did 2,000 years ago was the most profound thing that's happened in history. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that there are, you know, two, two, billion, two, two to three billion followers of Jesus across the world is not a coincidence. There's no other human being that's had that, that profound effect, that profound effect upon the human race. You know, and it matters, and it's relevant to them, and that God, God loves them. And, you know, and heaven is real, and hell is real, and, and, sin, and sin is real. And all those kind of, you know, these, these realities. Now, it doesn't mean stop, you know, whacking people with a, you know, whacking your neighbor with a Bible, because that's probably not gonna help them Bible bashing, okay? But we do absolutely talk truth. You know, and in, in this world, this, this world has totally lost sight of truth, isn't it? Yeah. And we talked about this, in different contexts before, you know, about Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. We live in a very much a my truth world. People have their own version of truth. This is, yeah, that's your truth. Okay, great. This is this is my truth. Well, now, the other day, I think the eighth, eight billionth, I don't know if it's on the news, the eight billionth baby was born. So we have a population of eight billion. That always used to be seven billion. It's got eight billion. I think in 15 years' time, it's going to be about nine billion. So it's still going up. And, you know, if there are eight different versions of truth, well, that's why, that's why this world is so confused. Because yeah. if you had to have my truth, yeah, but, yeah, but how, that doesn't help anybody, does it? Because there's like eight billion different versions of that on social media, you'll, you'll find, you can find thousands of them <laughs> if you look hard enough, or don't even have to look that hard, often. But what, what is the truth? Mm. And in, in this world that, that, that's, so, that's so confused and kind of lost its, uh, lost its direction, what, what is the truth? Well, it's the truth of Jesus and who Jesus is, amen? In fact, he is the truth. Amen. Praise God. So, I just want to just talk just for, just for a bit just about some of our community stuff and community stuff that you can get involved in. So, Christmas is just round the corner. Christmas is five weeks today. Let's point this out. <laughs> I'm freaking out. It is five weeks today. If not what I'm saying about it, it's ten weeks. It's ten weeks time. That's what I was saying about last week. Anyway, five weeks today is Christmas Day, not to panic you. But we've got some Christmas events coming up, you know, and Christmas is a great opportunity to connect with our community, but possibly it's, it's more, I'm not saying it's more important than Easter, but in terms of reaching our community, connect with our community, it possibly is more important than Easter, yeah. I, I would say, because I think a lot of people grasp the reality, or, or maybe not accept the reality, but realise the story, anyway, at least. Yeah. You know, it was, oh, this is about when a baby, baby Jesus Baby Jesus came, came to earth, and that's what Christmas is all about. You know, it's called Christmas. You know, it's the yeah, it's, it's yeah. very essence of what, what it is. Um, you know, and a lot of the 
uh, you know, and a lot of the things have taken on Christian meanings. Yes, it's true, it used to be a, a pagan festival there, mid, Midwinter's Day is 21st of December, the shortest day of the year, or 21st or 22nd, depending on the calendar of that year. Um, you know, originally it was a pagan festival and they used to, you know, kind of worship the sun and all that kind of stuff. It was about celebrating the darkest day of the year, and that's, and that's all true, and there were kind of like some different traditions around that. But so many of the different things have taken on Christian meanings, like the fact we put up lights, the fact that Jesus is the light of the world, have taken on Christian, you know, Christian meanings. Um, in themselves, and that's and that's great, and I think it's actually fine to celebrate Christmas. That's my view as a pastor. So, you know, I think it's a, it's a great thing to say. I mean, was Jesus born in December? It's highly unlikely that that's what happened. Um, you know, the Romans Romans were pretty crazy. <laughs> you know, but even even they wouldn't have called a census in the middle of winter. They weren't that crazy. Um, probably Jesus was born in September. Is what most scholars think. Well, it's called September in, in Israel, but that's our name. For that month, um, it's probably born around September, but this is the time when we specifically celebrate it, right? And I think it's a great opportunity to, to connect uh, connect with our community yeah. in that and about what Christmas is truly all about. And I love all the treatments of Christmas. So if you, in our house, you have to love Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, but it's just, it's just the way it works, isn't it, Lisa? At least Lisa, Lisa loves Christmas more than I do. Um, it's just, it's just, the, it's just the way it works. Um, I love kind of the trimmings of, trimmings of Christmas. Um, but ultimately, it's all about Jesus. Trippings, I know I said trippings. Well, the trimmings of Christmas. But ultimately, it's about Jesus. Amen. This is a great opportunity to connect with our communities. That's what I say. Anyway, so different things that are coming up, just to make you aware. This one has gone out to you by email. Did not read the weekly update emails? Lisa spends a long time on the weekly update emails. Just like to point this out. So please read them. They do take a while to put together. Please, please read them. That'd be great. Okay, thanks very much. You can check the stats, and we can look at the stats, we can even see who opens emails, who doesn't open emails, so I'm not going to, I could put it stick up on the screen if I'm not going to, <laughs> who never opens their emails, anyway, enough said. <laughs> so, anyway, so in, in a couple of weeks' time, Saturday the 3rd of December, which is only a week this Saturday, it's December next week, that's crazy, isn't it? it's Thursday next week, is December, anyway. So there's a big community event, so this is not a church event, but we're involved in it. It's the Mistletoe Fair happening in Hive, which is great. Um, for, a number, for a whole number of years now, our worship team have been involved in that, to do Christmas songs and, and carols. It's a great opportunity just to be involved in the community event. I know the worship team love doing it. Um, they're going to be playing it. So I really encourage you to come down and support it if you can, and we're going to be giving out flyers as well for our Christmas, uh, Christmas events, which are Christmas cards we've put together. We should have those next... I thought we'd have them this Sunday, but we'll have them next Sunday. So you can give to your, your neighbourhoods as well. We'll also be giving them out on that day. So the worship team, will be playing, I mean, it runs 10 till 4, the whole thing, and there's you know, different community groups involved. But our worship team will be playing around 1.15 and 2.45-ish, probably. But it usually changes radically, doesn't it? Anyway, but that's the idea. But it's always a great community event. Okay, and the following Sunday, Sunday 11th of December, is our community Christmas celebration. So that's going to be at five o'clock. Doors open at half four. There's no morning service that, that week, which is as, as we've done in previous years. So I really encourage you to invite friends and family to that. It's just a great celebration of Christmas and what Christmas uh, is all about. If you want to get involved in, in any way for teams, and that, there's a lot of setup that he's doing, and there's a lot of decorating of this hall that he's doing. If you want to get involved in, in the hosting team, for example, you can do that on the app. It doesn't mean you've now joined the hosting team, it just means for that night. If you want to join in just a little more numbers, we get involved in setup or hosting or you know the hospitality team other with refreshments and stuff. Then you can register on the app or the website. Just just find the website where it says 
Community Christmas Celebration volunteer and click on that and you can sign up. That would be fabulous. And don't forget to invite friends and family. Following Sunday, 18th of December, we're going to have a morning Christmas themed service. And there'll be uh, Kids Church having a party, I think, that Sunday. Ignition having a Christmas party as well during the service. So that's going to be great. Uh, this year, because Sunday, because sorry, because Christmas Day and New Year's Day fall on Sundays, so what we'll have is we'll have a Christmas Eve service this year. Ooh, exciting! So, on, no, not not midnight mass. <laughs> not midnight mass. If we'd like to know, we couldn't hire the school at midnight. Um, and lots of you've got young kids. So I don't think you probably would attend. But <laughs> anyway, so on Christmas Eve, which is Saturday this year, um, at half past ten, we we'll have a one-hour service here. That's going to be great. Just to celebrate, just to celebrate Jesus. And celebrate, yeah, it's going to be awesome. So come along, come along to that. The kids will be staying in for that. We'll have packs and stuff, and we'll have things for the kids to do. But a big, great one-hour celebration, fabulous. Then the following day, Christmas Day, we've got a community Christmas meal as we've done for the last few years. So that's going to be happening at High the URC, running, running for guests from half eleven till half three. Again, if you want to volunteer to get involved in that, you can do that on the app or the website. I'd encourage you to do that. It's different. You can sign up to get involved all day, or morning, or the afternoon to get involved on Christmas Eve afternoon, just doing like some of the veg prep and stuff. They you know, carrots and slicing and all that kind of stuff that he's doing. Okay, you can get involved in that. So you can sign up, sign up for that on the app. Okay, so please, please do that. If you know someone who, if it's like someone in your family or someone you're aware in your neighbourhood who would really benefit from this, that's aimed at the elderly and and lonely that would be on their own on Christmas Day, then please let Stacey know, you can email her, stacey.prince at family.church. Great. And I would have got Stacey to say, to say, I would have got Stacey to say all the stuff um, about community, being community-minded, or, or a lot of this stuff about what's going on, but um, David's later on holiday uh, for the next couple of Sundays. So, there we go. I'm sure that'd be a great time. Um, so, so there's different things you can invite people to and, and get involved in. And just to say also on New Year's Day, Sunday, Sunday the 1st of January, um, there, won't be a, there won't be a service here, we can't hire a school on New Year's Day. Um, so we have a whole church online service, so it'll be different to the normal online service, if you ever watch that, it'll be kind of like, we'll get all the pastors I think are going to be involved, there's different things going to be going on. And you're probably involved in filming it and editing it all, hopefully you knew about it, I don't know. <laughs> So that's going to be on New Year's Day. We have an online service um, at half past, half past ten. You can get it on YouTube in a normal way. It will be on Facebook. From, if you just go to Family Church on Facebook, you'll find it. Half ten, New Year's Day. And there's other community things that we've also you know, been doing. Naomi, Naomi spoke last week about kind of just, just blessing needy families and, and schools. And that's something we really want to start doing more and more of. Um, I've been talking to Stacey uh, about that, and in the summer holidays, we, if you remember, we did about the Moors Valley trips uh, for, for kids who were from, uh, from needy families, so we gave them free trips, and it was just a great, uh, just a great blessing to them. So we want to continue to develop those farther, further, just in partnership with, with local schools. And of course, as a church, we very much support other community initiatives, which are ecumenical, to use a religious word, um, that's, that's what they're called, okay, which just means they're inter-church, it means all the churches are behind it. Okay, so we very much support Waterside Food Bank. All they do, they're a brilliant bunch of people. It's all run by Christians. It was started by Christians, run by Christians, and they do a great job providing emergency food across the area. And I'd encourage you to, if you're able to, to, to give towards that. You can, um, you can, um, you know, if you buy extra food, um, you can give it at Tesco's, um, to the main Tesco's in, in Dibden. Um, I think also collect it in uh, Waitrose and Hive. I think collect it as well. Um, so there's different things that you can you can do towards that. So I encourage you towards give 
give towards that, you know, food banks are becoming busier and busier than ever in this kind of cost of living crisis that we find ourselves in as a country, there's, the demand is more and more and more. So I'd encourage you to do that. We, we very much also support the, the crossing, which is the homeless project in the waterside. I don't know if you were here or you remember, but back in July, Andy Clark came here and spoke about it. He's a guy who runs it and goes to another local church. Um, so that's a great project as well. Um, and you may think, well, there isn't much homelessness in the waterside. It's, I don't ever see any homeless people, but there is homelessness. It's, it's less overt than it would be in a city. It's less obvious. Okay, but it definitely exists. There's lots of people who are sofa surfing, uh, and temporary accommodation, um, the way down on the New Forest District Council housing, <laughs> housing ladder. You know, I've, been, I've been on it for years as people sleep in tents in the forest. But, lots, but there is a reality that there are people who are homeless. And as I've said before, um, you know, I do, and we talked last week about being honourable, I honour New Forest District Council because they really do care about this stuff. I've met the head of housing, NFDC. They, they really are on this. They know there's a huge problem. They know there's nothing like enough housing. They know it's way too expensive. Rental's too expensive. Housing generally is too expensive, isn't it? <laughs> In the New Forest, that's just the thing we will have to kind of deal with. But um, purchasing housing is expensive as well. But they know there's a genuine issue. They're building a lot of social housing um, in, in Totten and Cowmore, um, and, and, and I think they've got lots of other plans for other places. So they are trying to do their, trying to do their best with the resources they have. So just, just to kind of honour them, because I know some of the councils we think, I mean, they, they, did, they do nothing and they don't care. They are trying to do something about it. Anyway, so we very much support Water Food Bank, the crossings, and other community initiatives we do, like Soccer Saturday, which some of us involved in, myself and Ian, Chris, who's out in Kids Church, I think, somewhere else, um, is involved in that as well. And that's a great initiative on Saturday mornings that runs here uh, for kids. And there's also Family Church Waterside Football, which Dave Prince runs, and we're looking next year to get a uh, team in the church's league, Salem Church's league, which would be good as well. That's, but it's just an outreach thing as well. Okay, so it's people from church and it's and it's non-Christian guys. So it's a great it's a great outreach. So there's, so there's lots of different things that are going on and, and that we support. So of course we've been doing a vision offering throughout November. So I'd continue to encourage you. I'm not going to you know do guilt trips or anything else. That will never be our style. But I would encourage you to pray about it, to think about it, to talk to your spouse about it. And remember, a large element of this is go towards community stuff. We want to bless our community even more than we have, ever have done before. Amen. For those that to continue, continue to grow. So to be thinking about that as we're giving towards that. I mean, you give online, you give on a Sunday. There's different ways uh, you can do that. I want to continue with the hands and the feet of, of Jesus you know, across our community. And it's always been our vision. And still very much myself and Wendy's vision you know, to, for us to own a building as a church in the heart of the waterside, that's always been our vision. It still, still is. We haven't, haven't forgotten about it. And we've been very intentional about it. We've pushed, we've pushed lots of doors, things you wouldn't necessarily know about. But I think we've pushed lots of doors on it. We're just seeing what God, what God opens. You know, sometimes you have to just keep pushing doors and then God opens one. And you kind of think, oh, right, God, now I can see why you've done that. That's, that's our life, isn't it? That's the Christian life, isn't it, sometimes? to push doors and see what God opens. They're like, oh yeah, God, I can see why you've done that. So that's kind of where we're at with the building. I mean, would it, be, would it need to be a miracle? Absolutely, yes. Because specializes in miracles. He, he knows what we need. He knows what our desire is as, as a church for, for, for a permanent, permanent building, a permanent base. So that's still very much our heart and, and our vision. Because we believe, because we could just be able to do so much more community stuff and, and blessing our area. Amen. So to kind of bring this to a close, Let's have such a heart for our community. Let's understand our community. Let's talk to our community. Yeah. And talk to those, talk to those around us. Understand where, where people are at. Um, when I went to Assemblies of God conference, 
um, back in May, which was up in up in Yorkshire. Um, a number of all the family ships passed us went and some other kind of key leaders. I had a great great time. But there's lots of great messages. One message was from um, Derek Smith, who some of you will know, who's the pastor of King's Church, Bolton, which is a big AOG church up in Bolton. Strange enough. <laughs> anyway, um, and he was kind of talking about some stuff, and he was saying about how often as pastors, he's specifically talking to us, how often as pastors we just don't understand our community. And one of the best ways of getting to know our community, it sounds a bit unorthodox, is almost just, just to go down the pub and just talk to people. Yeah. There's too, too many pastors, this is true of Christians generally, not just pastors, but too many pastors, fast Christians, just don't really understand people. You know, bring, bring stuff up, talk to them, talk to them about Brexit, talk to them about politics, talk to them about, talk to them about Jesus, talk to them about heaven, talk about hell, you'll soon find out. Well, if you've had a few drinks, they'll pretty much tell you anything, right? <laughs> whether you want to know or not, right? But do we actually, but genuinely, and obviously it's a serious point, do we understand our community? Do we understand where they're at? Do we understand how they think and, and what they're at? Do we understand what their, what their needs are? Because we want to see, as a church, we want to see our community changed, amen? We want to see this community yeah. saved and, and, and transformed Amen. by the gospel. Yeah. Amen. And as we're the hands and feet of Jesus, as we go, as we just live our everyday lives in our neighbourhoods, go out into our neighbours, run community events, whatever it may be, the context may be, we want our community to see Jesus in us. Yeah. As we're the hands and feet of Jesus, for people to see Jesus in us, to see there's something different in us, for us to be, uh, be attractive, attractional to that. People to see there's something different about us, and of course we know that's, that's Jesus. As a church, we talk a lot about being a soul winner and, and then how you talk about your story as well. And that's all, that's all important in that context. But let's be the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen. Let's love our community. Let's love where we live and love the people where we live and have a real heart's desire to see them come to know, come to know Jesus. Let's all stand. Amen. Praise God. God is so good. There's Devon, Devon 12, 12.01. No complaints. Sorry, Tasha. <laughs> You're not even in kids. Anyway, so I'm just going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for that, Lord, that story of the, of, Lord, of the Good Samaritan. Lord, you told it to, to reflect what your heart is for people. Lord, and, and even, Lord, and even half for, for people who are, who are different and who have different values to us, that are different to us, people who wouldn't necessarily hang around with or, or whatever. Lord God, but you told us to, to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute, pers persecute us even. Lord God, just to have such a heart for people. Lord, and you just showed that same heart yourself, Lord, over and over and over again, the heart of love and of grace and compassion. And I pray, Lord, that we will just, Lord, if I can put it in this way, Lord, that we will fall in love with our community. We would just love Lord, where we live. Lord, we would fall in love with our, with our, with our streets, Lord, the neighbourhood, the, the village that, where we live. Lord, Lord, that we would fall in love with our area and fall in love with the, with the people of our area. Lord, that we would just have such a heart for them, Lord God. Such a heart for the lost. Such a heart of compassion. Lord, for those who, who are in desperate, desperate need, kind of physical needs and other ways, Lord, I pray... Lord, you give us such a heart for them. Lord, if we can help them, we can help them. Lord, if we can help them individually, we can help them as a church. Lord, we, we, we want to help them because we want to show your love to them. Lord, and to see that outward. We want to literally be your hands and your feet. Lord, use us for your purposes. Lord, I think about the words of Jeremiah, where he said, here I am, send me. Lord, as we say, Lord, send us. Help us to love our communities, Lord, and send us into our communities. Lord, help us to be a light in the darkness in this world that's got so dark in so many ways. 
Lord, help us to be a light in the darkness, in our, in our workplaces, Lord, in our neighbourhoods. Lord, this, this afternoon, wherever we find ourselves, help us to be a light in the darkness, Lord Jesus. I pray that people will see you in us, Lord God. That you use us, Lord, for your purposes and your glory. Lord, that we will be different. Lord, that we will not be ashamed of the gospel. Lord, we don't want to be, Lord, you said, Lord, uh, uh, a light that's on a hill is not, it's not kind of hidden. It's not kind of hidden. It's there to be seen by all. Lord, and I pray, Lord, that light will just shine through us, that people will see you in us. As this world gets darker and, and more confused, Lord, that light will shine brighter and brighter and brighter. Lord, the fact of in reality that you're the way, the truth, and the life, Lord, that will just shine through our lives into others. It'll be so attractional. Lord, I pray for these community events coming up, Lord, with, with, over Christmas. Lord, I pray you just use us as a church, Lord, for your glory. Lord, I pray you just be glorified in it all. Lord, I pray the true meaning of Christmas, why it matters, why, Lord, you come into earth as, Lord, being incarnated and, and coming to earth as a baby, why that matters, Lord, to them 2,000 years later. I pray that just be so clear, Lord Jesus. I pray people have a revelation of that this Christmas and just use us as a church, Lord, for your glory and your purpose. As we are, Lord, your hands, Lord, and your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the honour, Lord, of just serving with you. Lord, use us for your glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 God is so God is so good.